Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Go, Jared. Jared Brandon. <laughs> I'm going to leave the go, Jared, in there. And me, Todd Novak. How's everybody doing? And we have a returning special guest uh, for a very specific reason. Uh, and that might be? Me? Matt? Mattiverse? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes, you win. Yeah. That is the correct answer. <laughs> you want me to reference the some new new pedals? You mean? Uh, yeah, you uh, yeah. you have a c- couple of announcements, and uh, I asked very nicely and politely if we might help to break those. So we'll hopefully be you know doing that. I know you already have a little bit out there, but um, for the rest of the world that may be not paying attention to Instagram intently which I, I don't know who isn't because you've got one of the best Instagram feeds out there. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. So let's get to it. What's going on in our music worlds this week? Jared. My 62 Gibson SG is one of my <clears throat> prized possessions. That, I love that guitar. It's one of my favorites. And uh, the neck on it is Y. And uh, just my favorite era of Gibson SGs. And um, the neck position, pickup position, uh, has not been working. And um, for those of you who don't know, I build pickups for a living. I repair them for a living. And believe it or not, it's been broken or non-working for about four months. I just haven't gotten around to it. And uh, so this past week, I decided to get it out. And I said, you know, I'm going to nip this in the bud. Because the pickup works, I know that. But um, I finally figured out the problem, and I took the pot of, uh, off the harness and and messed around with that. And I mean, it's a 1962 uh, potentiometer, uh, volume potentiometer. So it's it's really super old, and uh, but that wasn't the problem uh, either. So I finally figured out that uh, it was in the switch, and what uh, there's some contacts in that switch if if any of you out there have ever taken your guitar apart and you have an old Gibson three or uh yeah three-way switch toggle switch you'll you'll notice there's these little brass connector thingies that <laughs> they're either connected or they're not and that controls your your switching so I just took a very fine like a 2000 grit sandpaper and gently scored uh, those little connectors and by golly, it, it works, works perfect again. So, um, that's, that's what I did. I repaired my old guitar and didn't really have much time in it. And, uh, I was really glad I didn't have to take anything else apart or replace the pot, which would have been a nightmare. Cause being it's a 1962, I, I would have been anal retentive and would have had to have mm-hmm. an original, it's 1962 replacement because it would just get on my nerves knowing it wasn't the right pot in the guitar. Nice. Yeah. So also just to add to that, I've got a 64, uh, Gibson SG special and that I just required recently. And, um, I had Tony with pick guardian. Uh, he made a new pick guard for that. And, he he does the best job. It looks good um on the guitar and he he um scraped the plastic and well he 
he conditioned the plastic so it kind of looks older. Uh, so I'm really happy with that too. And pretty soon I'm going to get a, a different bridge put on it. In fact, it's in the mail right now. So I'm anticipating putting this uh, bridge, this newer bridge on this guitar so I could uh, put some smaller gauge strings on it. So Nice. You get stressed out playing those guitars? Guessing they got some price not, to them. Not, I know, but I just, I keep them at home. I never take them out. Um, gotcha. So they're, I just really enjoy them at home. You know, when the wife's at work, I'll just plug it in and take, you know, if I'm working in my shop and I just, I'm working and working and working. And if I get stressed out about something or I just need to step away for a minute, I'll plug a guitar in and just let loose and. That makes everything better. It clears my head, and then I can walk in and and complete the task. Uh, so that's one of the perks of having a shop at uh, around where you live. So or underneath yeah. where you live, technically. So, but that's not where it is. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing, Jared. No problem, that was man. Really sweet, Matt. What's going on with you, man? Uh, just building pedals, you know, I just doing a few micro runs of a few different pedals, basically just runs of 10. And then I usually keep one and, or maybe keep two <laughs> at times, but just trying out some stuff, just ideas I had that I wanted to put out there just for the heck of it. So, mm. but mainly building those and trying to get on top of making demos and taking photos and all that crap. So. That's that has got to take an awful lot of time. I mean, I do this, and I know how how much time this takes, and I also do a lot of that sort of thing for my actual work, the Mm -hmm. the real job I have. And I'm I'm impressed uh, with the with the amount that you put out and uh, constantly making it new. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, luckily I get to sort of scratch a bunch of bunch of different itches by doing it you know i get to play play guitar and stuff or you know other synth stuff and build the things and work on the artwork and screw on with the video software so i tend to get you know burnt out in one area but then i might get re-excited by screwing around in a different area i guess if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah i get sort of zenned out doing it to be honest <laughs> That's that's what that's a common thing. That's what almost everybody that uh, we've had on, regardless of what they're building, that's that sentence almost always has been uttered. Yeah, it's sort of weird. It's some, sometimes you know you'll be doing it all day and you just you know get a crick in your neck and get sort of tired of doing it. But then there's other times where it's you know about time to go to sleep and I've sort of like feeling like soldering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I do the same thing on a very, very, very small level and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. So I can only imagine like once you get in a, in a groove where you're not worrying about either messing it up or making sure that you're not putting the wrong part in where it just kind of becomes second nature to you, it's probably really great. Yeah. I mean, that's, especially you have, it's a little easier when you're building 10 or 20 or something or yeah. in a row, you know, because then you sort of. And you sort of remember remember yeah. how you did it each time, so. <laughs> yeah, and you're listening to Slayer while you're doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that usually a variety of, of podcasts? You know, this podcast and other guitar podcasts, but then mm-hmm. just a lot of like totally not 
guitar podcast kind of stuff at all too. So. Oh, I see. So you can just zone out and not pay attention. Oh, that's no, I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. I, I envy those who are building things, uh, at the level that you guys are because, uh, I, it's, it's a special thing to be able to do. And I think getting the enjoyment, getting the, the, like you mentioned the, the Zen factor out and, and also, you know, aiding to your livelihood is solid. Well, I can mm -hmm. vouch that you put a lot of effort into the video um, portion of it because I, I mean, right before our podcast, I was kind of looking through and uh, this particular rhythm division drone and the MTLA or the MTL assembly. Yeah. I, I watched that video uh, probably six times. It just... <laughs> It, it reminds me of old video games and you got the weird background going on. I mean, it just, I mm -hmm. was so into that. I, I, don't ask me why. I don't, I don't know. Cause it was just why? really, no, I'm just kidding. I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, really super awesome. It's just, yeah. I don't know the combination of the sound and what you got going on, the, the little fingers turning the knobs and the pedal with the, <laughs> like the creepy weird just background. Just don't do it with your actual feet, right. please. Yeah, there's well, there's one guy that, that does uh, a Craigslist. He posts a lot, or enough to where I think it's a lot. But I recognize I hate this, but I recognize the dude's got he's got feet <laughs> that I, I'm not gonna say like bare feet are bad on the pedals. But I would really prefer not seeing them. And I, why do you insist on showing your feet? When you're taking pictures, he does like lay down. He'll like put it on the floor and stand above it and then take a picture. I'm like, get your feet out of there. Like bare feet? Yeah, the, the bare nasty man feet. Like, no, <laughs> dude. I mean, why would on. you want to buy a pedal from a vehicle? Well, That's icky. I haven't bought anything from him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. What's going on in my world, you ask? <laughs> well, That's right. What a great segue. Ooh. I uh, have a show coming up this weekend for our Johnny Cash tribute. And uh, I'm trying to work out a new rig. I'm running my Godin Fifth Avenue Kingpin, which has a P90 in it. It's a hollow body. It just looks cool. I've mentioned that before. I'm saying it again. Deal with it. Uh, yeah, those are neat, neat it, guitars. Yeah, it sounds great. But it, you know, a P90 doesn't necessarily, when plugged in, sound like an acoustic guitar. So <laughs> yeah. I have to do some finagling there. And uh, I've decided this time to run it out of not my tube amp, but uh, um, uh, my Mustang 3. Uh, so I have it setting to the set to the completely dry, no effects uh, twin setting. And then I am running a LR Bags uh, Para direct input uh, acoustic direct box uh, with the uh, with the preamp and a five band EQ on it. It's pretty much from what I hear from others who are playing acoustic guitars, which I'm not actually playing acoustic guitars, but mm -hmm. this is a pretty this is like the go to pedal. Like you want your if you want your acoustic guitar to sound awesome in a live situation, plugged in, this is what you need to use. That's just according to some people who do it a lot. So I'm going with them on this. Anyway, so I I tried to get that dialed in. It's pretty touchy. Um, there are there are one, two, three, four. So there's five band EQ, but with two of those bands, there are secondary knobs 
and there's also a volume knob and there's an invert so you can invert the the uh the phase on it and um i think it's i think uh, hopefully i said that right <laughs> um it's not actually my pedal so i'm borrowing it so i'm allowed if that's wrong i am sorry but there isn't an in, there's an invert button it says invert um, and you can go in through your effects loop or just uh, direct um, through XLR too. So nice. It's a pretty versatile piece of equipment and really reasonably priced. So you can pick one up used, I think, for like ninety four bucks or something like that. I've seen them as low as that. Uh, but I, it's it didn't have the that sort of acoustic chime that that. Um, multiplicity of sound that that you can get from a from an acoustic guitar. It's, it's hard to explain, but um, so then I added. I also have a Boss um, uh, AC3, uh, which is the acoustic simulator, mm-hmm. uh, which by itself kind of sounds like you're running an acoustic simulator. But when paired with this, all of a sudden it woke up, and I was like, "Oh, that sound that there that." And I have it set to the standard. There's four settings on that. Uh, standard, jumbo, one called enhance, and one called bezo. No, let me bezo. Yeah, bezo. Yeah. Do you where? And I'm not familiar with that. The the bags. Thing. Yes. So where is the the pickup or what kind of device do it's, you? Well, do, it's just a it's a like a box. It's it's like a preamp box. So it's just so it's it, not it even doesn't even go on the guitar. No, no, no. It go, it runs in between your signal between the guitar and the amp. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because or it, or shall I say if you're running an XLR cable, yeah. you're just going direct into to the board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you just play an acoustic if that's what the right? And what I was gonna say, <laughs> right? What I was gonna say was that that as be. well is that if like a violin, for instance, they sell. And I think you yeah, might be familiar with this. Little mics that sit on Little top. mics yeah. that, that just go directly where the sound, over the sound hole. Yep. That's where the best sound comes out of that I, sound. I hole. completely agree. And I just happen to be make, doing three lefts to make a right. That's, that's <laughs> the only thing. I, bought, I got this guitar and I was like, this, I love this. I, lo- I want it, I want it, I want it. And that's what I do when I want something. Right. And I got it. And it looks awesome. It's a disease. And every single time I've tried to play... I know I'm doing it wrong. I know that I'm that I should just get an acoustic and either go with you know the electronics in the acoustic out or mic it or something. But I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Maybe down the road. So, anyways, it sounds good. Sounds good. And and to, and I did test it up against uh, my friend. Let me borrow his uh, Takamini. Uh, he's got a really nice cutaway uh electronic and i plugged both of them into the exact same amp and i tell you what mine sounded better nice so that's what that was a tiny little like okay good i'm not gonna sound like a moron up there i think it's hard to get a good plugged in acoustic sound i've never had much luck yeah doing it they always sound sort of funny coming through pas for some reason they're either like too bright and strummy or too woody and yeah right you know, no, the, the crowd, it, it, I, I don't think you're going to have anybody out in a crowd that will say, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like, you know, Johnny Cash in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. That guitar sounds like it's a piezo guitar. Yeah. 
Who in the heck's going to say that out in well, the... And, yeah. Nobody. I well, I so. say it. And that's a problem. If I'm, right. if I, you know, it gets in your head. If you're playing and you're like, this doesn't sound right. Something's off. You're, it's like when you, if you mess up a lyric, most people aren't going to know, but you know, and that will throw you, yeah. that throws me off anyways. So it's true. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, I guess the mark of a professional is that it doesn't bother you anymore. <laughs> Cause I'm not one. I'm not a professional. Uh, anyways. Um, so we have Matt from Metaverse on the line right now and he is a return interview e our first interview if you care to listen you can go to the and listen to it for free that's right. <laughs> yeah and it was that's actually one of our uh highest rated episodes that we've got as far as numbers go so people out there like you man they should buy some pedals then yeah <laughs> <laughs> well maybe this you know maybe i don't know I won't even say we're going to move the needle, but hey, you never know. I don't know. Um, so we got you on today because we talked over the internet through typing in words, and you told me, "Hey, man, I've got two new pedals coming out," and I thought, "That's cool. Let's get let's get that word out there. Let's let you talk about them a little bit." I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, we're going to get into that as soon as. You tell us your four on the floor. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. I'm ready this time. Go for it. All right. Uh, the first would be uh, Boss OC2. Always a favorite favorite pedal of mine. Ah. Uh, is that a, had, is that the let's see the OC2? So that's is that a an old old one or it's just like the the octave down one, but it does it does sound different than the OC three. I think the OC three was more like digital, like the Pog sort yeah. of, or something like that. Yeah, that's but, the one you hear mo- most people actually referencing. It's at least that's why I asked because it's yeah. Sounded I mean, I never more. got it like obsessed enough to like search out any particular one, but I did. I did have a few different ones over the years, and they definitely all sort of had their own. Mm-hmm. character and some sort of tracked better than others but i always thought those were fun pedals to play with and i didn't really use like the two octaves down but i like to put the mix the octave down in a little bit for mm-hmm. fun it just like kind of standard just kind of running it like that all the time or uh, sometimes just like for for weird leads and stuff or mm-hmm. or for some like particular like single line riff that would sound more fun with Extra bottom end, I guess. <laughs> nice. Now, do you use that with bass too? Uh, I at that point when I was using them, I didn't play that much bass, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well they were. I think you know they didn't really seem like they tracked super well as you got lower in the on the strings. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing maybe on bass it might have been sort of a warbly mess. <laughs> oh, but you like the warble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm into weirder sounds now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's number two? Uh, number two would be uh, MXR Microamp. It's just a little one-knob boost pedal. Uh, you know, I was going to think about putting the ZVEX show super hard on there because I really like that one too, but the, the Microamp seemed like a little bit brighter or something, so 
that one gets pretty high marks. I know when I was looking for um, uh, uh, my first attempt at looking for a, a boost or a preempt type thing, uh, that one always was in the running with yeah. basically any conversation around those kind of pedals. Yeah, I sort of like to use low, low wattage amps. They're sort of like turned up to the point where they're almost breaking up. Mm-hmm. And something like the micro amps sort of just gives you more gain without that much more volume because the amp's already sort of pretty much at its headroom peak. <laughs> yeah, pushing it. Cool, man. And what do you got for number three? Uh, probably just like a Crybaby, Dunlop Crybaby Wah. I never really got too crazy investigating a bunch of different Wahs. You know, I had the Vox one or whatever too, but mm-hmm. that's the one I remember from my youth, always being on the board. The Vox? Uh, no, the Dunlop. Oh, like the Dunlop, just a stand, yeah. Just the standard, you know, $70 well, It's weird because there's so many versions of that, and it's... You know, they haven't they haven't really distinguished themselves very well between the different models. I mean, you just have to look at the bottom yep. for the most part. Um, but it, it's I'm curious. Uh, you know, I wonder if they're ever going to do an optical version of that. And I hope I don't know. I don't think they have. I'm pretty sure they haven't. But I wonder what is stopping them from doing that just evolving the, uh, the, the pedal. Yeah. I don't know. I know Morley does a lot of, I used to have a Morley endorsement back in the day and they had a bunch of optical volume and wah pedals. They did, you know, if I'm wrong out there and they did, they've done that, send me a letter and I will apologize to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about Crybabies a while back. It's one of those, that's one of those pedals that you in your career, in your guitar career, you probably buy and sell about three times. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's not because with Waz, it's hard to get the. I never had one that I like totally loved. Right, you know? <laughs> right, and then you're like, yeah. this thing's taking up room. I can go get another pedal if I sell it. Yeah. Uh, well, and now pedal boards are you know smaller, so the the small uh, miniature ones. Yeah, the mini ones. I, I kind of want to get my hands on one of those, but an optical one. I think I want to try that. Anyhow, all right, give me number four. Number four would probably be the venerable DL4 line six. That's, that's the that, green one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like sort of the first, you know, big, big delay pedal, mm-hmm. I remember. And I liked that you could like do like, I don't think I had like a limited like 20 or 30 seconds of looping you could do on it. So it was like enough to be able to play a chord progression and then noodle noodle over the top of it or work on yeah you know playing I, parts together. I see those come up a lot uh, on Craigslist, and I it's kind of weird because uh, especially the the Line Six. I mean, they make good stuff, but their casings they're they're huge. Yeah, those are huge. Yeah, no, so, that that was a pedal that you'd always take off your board too, because it like sort of needed its own power supply or like yeah, four D batteries, and a lot of times you're only using like one or two of the things on there, so you didn't need something to be that full featured. But yeah, I remember having a lot of fun with it at the time. Well, they still of- hold their hold their value. I mean, they're you know they're they range from, I think I've seen them on on Reverb for about 150 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, for a used pedal that's you know 
hasn't really evolved much from that yeah, one. It's like 15 years old, so. <laughs> yeah, not bad. All right, man. Well, thank you. That's a that's a good little lineup. We'll get that up on the uh, the blogosphere uh, shortly. And glad that we got that one out of you on the second round. <laughs> okay, Matt of Mattaverse, lay it on us, man. Tell us about your brand new pedals. Uh, yeah, I just I guess I have just have a few few new pedals. Two are I guess uh, new, and one is sort of an update of a pedal I already do. But I'm just doing you know small, really small runs of them. You need to order like ten enclosures, I think, to be able to get the mm-hmm. custom custom order done. So are you getting this <laughs> through uh, through Mammoth? Yeah, I've been doing all my enclosures. Yeah, through Mammoth since I stopped drilling them and painting them myself yeah it's a lot easier (laughs) yeah i mean it was like it's hard to be really super precise over and over and over with like punching the holes yourself and using the Mm -hmm. drill press and plus it's like pretty messy and you gotta like dip them in like some sort of a solvent to clean the cutting oil off of them and yeah it's a commitment yeah yeah i mean that was good i probably did like 100 plus pedals that way and it was a definitely a good learning experience but once you sort of get the first few enclosures under your belt then it gets a bit easier to get things lined up how you want yeah and i i mean this way you're also able to you know do some of like the textured bodies and stuff yeah i've been doing pretty much all textures lately just because i find for doing videos like they don't reflect the lights so that's a big help oh interesting (laughs) But also they sort of like, I don't know, I feel like they like hold up better. They like, I don't know, they look more sometimes with like a shiny coat, like you notice any tiny imperfection and I'm sort of a perfectionist about it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I drive myself crazy. So they look kind of modern too with like the matte color as well. Yeah. I'm just doing mostly like, uh, you know, just like one single color of ink and Mm-hmm. single color powder at this point but so uh before we get in deep into the drives tell me about the year your little icon that you have oh like the little guy yeah like the little ghost looking guy or whatever yes uh i don't know that was just something like it's basically just like a combination of a couple pieces of like clip art of <laughs> <laughs> like this like uh and this i use this pixel mater program on the mac it's like a cheap Mm -hmm. uh photoshop or whatever but like they have like some built-in shapes in there or whatever that you can manipulate and that's just like a combination of a couple of the shapes i pretty much do all my art for the pedals in that program with shapes at this point (laughs) awesome it's just like moving squares and adding circles on top of each other and things like that so well it's weird because there it's you know it's it's got a bit of a, it's almost like anti-art in a way, you know, by just by the fact that you're doing that, not necessarily based on concept by, but based on, well, there's that, there's that thing. I could use that, <laughs> you know, like that's a shape I haven't used. Let's put that on there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like usually like you, you have like infinite, you know, possibilities of how you can manipulate the shape and then right. you can, effects that bend things and things like that but yeah like that little guy i put it on i put it on like what drone synthesizer or something and then i sort of 
I sort of liked it. Then I started just like putting a little one on all the pedals. It was just sort of like, I don't know. I couldn't really think up an emblem, you know, besides like an M with a circle around it. Mm -hmm. That already, works, man. And I have a, like a lot of that sort of already on buttons and stickers and things like that. So Yeah, it kind of looks like a, it's almost like the, the like the a cross between like the unknown comic and um which for anybody that doesn't know what that that's a pretty old reference. Whoa. <laughs> uh so anybody that now that I've uttered that unknown comic was this guy whose shtick was he just wore a paper bag over his head with two yeah. holes and and he was really famous for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean his jokes probably weren't that awesome but he was the only guy who said, hey, what if I put a bag on my head? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and sort of like a Pac-Man head, too. I was like, what is it? It it, it begs more question than anything. Like, what is that? Yeah, Which is cool. Exactly. If you can get somebody to just fixate on what is that, that's good. Which I think you kind of do with your pedals anyways, regardless of what they look like. You know, like the Warble Room. What is that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. I do all my own artwork and branding or whatever people call it, I guess. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely no expert at it. I just sort of like mess around with stuff that makes me happy for a while, then move on to the next. <laughs> well, they're, they're attractive. So that counts for something, man. What, uh, so speaking of like super really weird and really out there, the first pedal that you're going to share with us is, is a, what is a drive. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the drive is basically like, I've always, like, since I started making pedals, like, I've always wanted to just, like, instead of buying, you know, I still buy pedals to try and stuff, but mm -hmm. instead of, like, I wanted to, like, build all my, I sort of have this long-range fantasy of, like, building all of my own equipment eventually, then, like, making a record with, like, all of my own <laughs> gear, if yeah. that makes sense. It's sort of like a pipe dream kind of an idea. But I, I bet I guess, you're not that far off. Uh, you know, I don't, I haven't built any like microphones or anything like that yet. Oh geez. So, that sounds really hard. Yeah. But I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you're still going to have to run into probably into something you can't build. <laughs> or you could, you could also just yell into some pickups. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, along that line, it was just like, I'd been messing around with a bunch of different like overdrive prototypes and give them to a buddy of mine. And I was just like, well, I like it enough to like. I want to have one with like the real enclosure and stuff, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll throw it out there. And I like put a, a demo of the prototype up and a lot of people seem like someone interested in it, which I was actually surprised about since there is so many like drive for distortion or overdrive or fuzz or whatever you want to call it out there. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but if you think about it, I mean, you've kind of created your own little niche in the pedal world and just like anything, it, once you become a fan of something, you're infinitely more apt to buy into whatever the next thing is that that brand is offering. Yeah, you know, if people like the aesthetic or whatever, they might be interested to give it a try. Yeah. Well, and I think you, uh, you're doing a good job of setting up a precedent of saying, hey, the, the thing that I'm going to make is going to be different, unique, weird, wonderful, or a combination of all those things based on the pedals you've already made. So subsequently, anything else that you put out, the expectation is that it will be 
that will fall under that umbrella regardless of what it is and that therefore it's a it's a more desirable thing to have yeah well hopefully we'll see you know i mean i don't like to like you know certain there's a type of advertising it's like this is the best of whatever it is you know what i mean yes or this is the cheapest or this is the best for the price or this is like the most boutique you know what i mean like and i'm not really interested in like you know if Did you just that, subliminally advertise that this was the best, cheapest, most no. awesome thing? You did. No, no. <laughs> that would be funny if I was that clever, but no. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, like, I don't, you know, to me, like, a lot of that stuff is super subjective, you know, like the kind of tones people get into, yeah. especially in a drive pedal. So it's like, it's basically just saying, like, I made one that I kind of like, you know, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you like the other stuff I do, you might like it. And it's just like for me doing that's why I'd like to do like a micro run because it's pretty pretty low risk, you know what I mean? Sure. I'm not like spending fifty K to develop some project, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of time commitment, but as far as like the cost to build ten isn't like debilitating to the mm-hmm. budget. So tell us about the drive. So what did you do with it that you liked so much that and thought that we would too? I guess I just wanted to make something that sort of did like a lighter drive, but then could go to like, you know, pretty fully overdriven. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, the idea was that like a lot of times that, you know, at night I'm playing, I just wanted something that I could run into a quiet amp that sort of got me a little bit of an overdriven sound that I wanted and didn't sound, I don't know, too weird, I guess. It's sort of hard to describe the. Mm-hmm. subjective parts of it but can you talk about any of the uh choices that you made on on you know parts or anything like that that yeah i mean i guess like i did experiment a lot with different tone control options on there because people always seem to want tone controls but at the end of the day i just didn't really i always had like tone control like all the way up so yeah <laughs> i just decided that it wasn't you know what i mean it's like and th- especially in this case, it was like, I'm just building this because I want one, you know, and I'll put the other eight or nine out there in case somebody else wants one. But it's not right. like. If uh, they really want an EQ, they can go get a pedal with an EQ on it. Yeah, it's just for me, I'm old and deaf, so I never want things to be darker. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the uh, this is, um, I mean, it's almost like a glorified boost to a certain degree, just in the sense that you have, you know, your one of your main knobs there is a volume. For anybody that hasn't seen it yet, um, there is a gain knob and a volume knob. So yeah. effectively, you could use it as a boost or an overdrive. Yeah, it gets pretty, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't do like a clean boost at all, I don't think, but it does have like a ton of extra volume because if you're like, like if you're comparing it to a clock, if the volume knob is like at 10 o'clock, that's like, that's like unity gain with your amp. So yeah. anything, anything beyond that, which is like another two thirds of the control is all additional volume. It's I a guess. lot of volume after that. <laughs> but if you have your draw, you have, if you have your gain all the way down uh, yeah. or, you know, uh, you will get a signal with the volume, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so you kind of go from a sweep of maybe a, a boost with a little bit of tooth to it uh, in, to almost an overdriven sound all the way to like full-on 
distortion sounds like. Yeah, it gets pretty distorted. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a I'm a terrible I'm a terrible salesman, I guess. But no, see, you're doing that. You we all know what you're doing. You you're subliminally making us want the pedal. <laughs> Hopefully that's the case. But I, <laughs> I don't uh, know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yes, yeah, what I wanted to say about these micro runs is like yeah, these are all like I don't know if I'll make any more of it because I don't think the world needs another drive pedal. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I don't. I haven't tried all the drive pedals to know if I've done anything that's any more interesting than any of the other drive pedals. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could pretend and say, "Oh, it's the greatest," you know, or you, there you go again. But it, I don't think that it, you know. What I mean, I can't. It might be the greatest for a certain person, but uh-huh. not, not for everybody. I'm sure. Interesting. So what we've gotten out of this is that it's a small run, and it's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's see here. You got, you you said, I'm going to bring up the small run thing again, because literally people, if you are listening to this and you're interested, I'm going to try to get this live as soon as I can, but you had better move on it if you want to pick one of these up. Um, and Matt, where will you be able to get these pedals, by the way? Uh, they're on my website, metaverse.com. And then I usually put everything on reverb as well. Okay, so you have a small run on both Metaverse and Reverb? Yeah, like I have a thing that like I can, the inventory is sort of shared between the two places so that... Smart, smart. So it's not like, you know, I don't have to like put just one in one spot or whatever. I can like, if I sell one on Reverb, it takes it out of my inventory in my online store or whatever. Right, all right, man. So you're going to have 10 of those up there, yeah? Uh, I think there's eight. Eight left. There. Holy mackerel. Eight, yeah. Man, by the time this thing goes live, I hope there's some or else people are going to be mad. at First me, then you. So- yeah, you never know. There's only one of the <laughs> kick drum pedals left. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Um, so next pedal. Just one left? Yeah. Holy milk. That one I only had like eight that were available. So you're going to, I mean, let's be honest, you're going to do another run, right? Are you going to do another run? Uh, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? I'm just sort of like, I'm pondering, I guess. Hmm. Cause by the time you, we end up the, by the time we wrap up this podcast, that one will probably be gone. Well, I don't know <laughs> I wish, if they, if they sold that quick, that'd be nice, but yeah, <laughs> you never know. So, Let's talk about the kick drum pedal because that, that's a weird one. I'm, you know, I checked it out and I said, well, yep, Mataverse made this. It's weird, all right. So tell us about it. Yeah, that was just sort of a well, passion project for me. when I, For a while, I tried to do like a, a one-man band kind of thing because I thought like just playing acoustic guitar for a whole set and some guy singing gets sort of old, so... Mm-hmm. I tried to bring like a, you know, I'd bring like a bass drum and then I wanted like another sound. So I'd try and bring a hi-hat and then tried to bring a snare drum and put a kick pedal on a snare drum. But then you sort of had to prop the snare drum up and then you couldn't really attach the kick. So I had to sort of like rig up these things. And then I also tried to like, you can just get like an electronic drum set, you know, and take mm-hmm. like the kick drum. Like the triggers. Trigger from that and then take like a, another trigger and get another kick drum pedal and then like 
and then I ran that into like one of those old Alesis drum head things. Mm-hmm. And that was actually sort of fun, but you know, the sounds were pretty eighties, I guess for, <laughs> it sounds like it. there's an opportunity to one up the converse, uh, yeah. wah pedal yeah. there. Put it in your shoe. Yeah. 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 Put the trigger in your shoe and then you just stomp along with it. That's a I'm thing. not that smart. I mean, there's already like, it's basically like, you know, I'm sure you've seen, they make like some people make like a, it's like a wood block or something and they might put like a piezo pickup in there. They might put a, yeah. you know, which is basically like a contact mic or I've seen other people like do it different ways. This one was more like, it's just like a transistor bass drum. You know, the mm-hmm. controls are pretty simple. So let me describe this really quick for those who have not seen this. Uh, looks like it's in a black sparkle case. Is that correct? Yeah, I thought I was trying to think of something that would be like an old bass drum. <laughs> right. Guess. Yeah, I mean, sure. That looks like an old bass drum to me. <laughs> I'll play along. Um, and you've got a... Uh, it's a... I mean, that's almost like a muff size pedal, isn't it? It's a big box. Originally, it was like like the standard box size. I have like an earlier version that's like the standard. Uh-huh. Then I found when I was stopping on it, like your whole foot is like yeah bigger than the box. Then so kind of all over it. So it's was, got a tone knob, um, a body knob, and a volume. Tell me about the body knob. The body knob is pretty subtle. It's actually almost more like uh, decay of the sound, I guess. Mm. But it's sort of funny because when you run it through a guitar amp, you mm-hmm. know, based on the frequency response of a guitar amp, like it's, it sounds different than if you just like run it into a recording interface with headphones on, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. it almost feels like that body knob works backwards. And so I was like primarily, you know, using it through a guitar amp while playing guitar. So that's sort of where the labels came from it, sort of how- it makes me think how you're describing it um it makes me think of how like almost like um mic proximity yeah to a certain degree yeah you know what i mean um because if you got the mic like right in the the you know the air hole on the front panel um i mean it's full and then yeah. if you back it off it, you, you get the all the yeah. ambientness of it and the body control is pretty subtle. I think you'd maybe be more noticeable through like a larger amp or a bass amp or a PA or something. Yeah. Because this thing's putting out like low, primarily low frequencies, you know, that most guitar amps aren't necessarily, you know, dialed in to be <laughs> bass amps or amps sure. or kick drums or whatever. So because of that, like sort of the EQ looks different as it's running through a guitar amp versus a more flat full range speaker system. Uh, and then on at the, uh, the actual switch that's, a, it's a momentary switch. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, now if you hold it down, does it repeat? No, that's a fun idea though. <laughs> yeah. That, that could actually probably get pretty messy live, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, it's a, it's a super interesting pedal. So if you again, if you haven't seen these yet, and to be honest, you, you kind of have to you you'd have to be following him, following Metaverse on Instagram uh, to have probably had the 
best crack at seeing these. But if you go to Instagram or Metaverse, you can you can check out the demos for these and just see what it's all about and also get to see his cool videos that he does. So that kick drum was pretty hard to demo, actually. <laughs> I tracked a lot of different... Because it's hard to it was hard to demo the the kick drum pedal. So what what made that so difficult? Uh, just because of like trying to like plugging it in direct to like like a recording program or whatever, like it sounds way different than it sounds coming out of a speaker. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was hard to like try and capture that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, effectively. So. Well, I know some people have said about the video, like, oh, they just want to hear the kick drum alone more, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, well, they're already almost, there's only one left. So <laughs> I don't have much. See, but how many I mean, people I, ask that? I don't know. A yeah. lot, huh? Come on, be honest, a lot. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people are, are looking, I guess. I think, I think they are. I think they are. I'm pretty sure they are. They will be, especially after the world hears this. Um, <laughs> Cool, man. So, well, I, I got to be honest. I'm super excited about the whatever crazy stuff you come up with next. You know, I love the fact that you are pushing things into, you know, into almost completely singular needs that we didn't even know we needed. <laughs> you know, that's kind sure. of fun. Do you have uh, any other plans of new things coming forward that you can maybe hint at? Uh, I mean, I guess the the other pe- other micro one that I probably come out with soon is just like an update to that drone tone pedal, uh-huh. and it basically just like improves the pitch stability between the pulsing and the drone sound, and then it's just got like a tone tone control for the drone, so you can make it darker or less bright, however you want to look at it. Could I throw? In, I'm I'm going to. Act, this is in my email to you. Dear mm-hmm. Metaverse, I like your drone pedal. I like it a lot. However, I have found that the signal gets somewhat lost in my pedal board mix. Is there anything you could do about that? Signed, wish I had more volume. Gotcha. I think this one should have may have better output than the original drone tone. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is, is like the the drone sound, I don't know if it's just because it's such a raw square wave. It doesn't like, it's not super affected by like modulation pedals and stuff that you mm-hmm. run it into. I find, mm-hmm. but I think it gives, it should like, usually I try and set it so that the volume goes up to the same volume. The guitar would be at. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, well, when I had it on my board, I, I guess I was, expecting it to be more prominent and i had the volume like all the pretty much all the way up huh and interesting yeah so maybe i don't know maybe i got one that uh just wanted to chill out i don't know um maybe you never know here's okay oh wait there's another email coming in dear metaverse i have my drone tone and i'm curious to know what new things you might be adding to the new one i would love to know if it's even possible to have the drone affected by the actual guitar signal. Signed, liking my drone. 
Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, I've definitely experimented with that idea. The, the the second round of the drone town or whatever, those were already all built and ready to go. So for that, it won't be on that. But yeah, I've experimented with, you know, I wanted to have it so that the you could have more control over the drone with the guitar. But so far, I've only been able to make it <laughs> like be based on like how hard you hit the string would control the pitch. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Ooh, but I like it, that. But it didn't really uh, work out. Oh. It didn't like have enough range of, you know what I mean. Like you had to be pretty subtle with it to to get to get what you wanted. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I think about that kind of stuff. The fact of it is, I guess I'm just gonna have to like learn how to do the microcontroller route, I guess. But mm-hmm. I've really been dragging my feet because <laughs> mm. I already work on a computer for All my day. job. Yeah, and and there's still like. Just doing like the videos and the circuit board it's layout, hard, isn't it? the schematics, I, and like I do I'm the still same like on thing. The, yeah, I'm like on the computer still, like eighty percent of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get fatigued, imagine, like, man. Doing like all of the like, you have to program and learn how to do that, and I'd be literally be spending like ninety nine percent of my time like on a flipping computer, and that's. <laughs> That's part of the reason I started building pedals was to begin with was to like do something with my hands that didn't have a screen. Right. No, I I, I completely relate. And it, it, you know, I what I do for my job, I'm as I mean, most people are. Is it's almost yeah. hard to find a job that you're not <laughs> involved with a computer at this point. But um, yeah, and then when you do your side projects, like oh, I'm gonna do these graphics or this video or this podcast or this. Um, music that I'm making. It's like, oh, guess what? You got to sit down and work a mouse again. And at a certain point, I just have to say, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it anymore today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyways, whatever, computers, big dummies. Um, well, hey, man, this, I'm so glad that you, uh, that, that, you know, that we were able to connect and um, get the word out and, I really hope that you get a wave of people saying, dang it, I wanted one of those. Make another one, man. <laughs> also super excited for whatever crazy things that you come up with. So anybody listening, if you've got a crazy idea for a pedal, send it to him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, he, and I can't guarantee that he will respond. I always respond to people. I mean, I got a big list of ideas. Sometimes I think I got like too many pedals out already hmm. i think like the more common wisdom is to like make like one pedal or two pedals and then put all your uh whatever marketing firepower into that but that's just not how my brain works unfortunately so well, you're doing a kicker kick i don't know what that is a kicker job of it you're doing a kicker job of it tell you what um, I, need, <laughs> I need to have lots of different things to mess around with so yeah cool man well uh I'm going to let you uh, get back to building pedals, uh, all, right. all the new ones that aren't out yet. And for those of you who want one of these, go get in contact with metaverse.com or find them on Reverb. With that, I think we have something coming up right now. Would you rather? That's pretty good. Just the golden-throated nice. little buddy Jared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So... What is it? Would you rather? 
Yeah. Oh, man, would you rather? Okay. Would you rather have the first tone bender pedal from way back in the day, or would you rather have the very first crybaby wah pedal? Huh. I mean, I'm talking the first when they first came out and they were fresh off the assembly line. The first version of both pedals. Which, Which one? Do you one? Want? All right, Matt, you first. That's uh, pretty tough. I probably have to go for the for the Y, I guess. Ooh. Just because it's sort of a, you know, compared to like a box where you pushed a button on it, it sort of had a whole different mechanism going on with the how it was built. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it had, yeah, I mean, it really had two things it did. It went, or, yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's iconic. When anybody thinks of a pedal, it's like, that's kind of the first one you think of. They still do that. I've got the one I have They still make the wah sound? The, I talked about that, I think, in a different episode. Yeah. 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 My wife recognizes it in songs. Yeah. The wicka, wicka, wicka. Wicka, wicka. Jared, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to have to follow suit and do the old wah. I, wah, because I would pr- just, I would probably use it more, maybe. Mm. Especially if it were the first one. Yeah, I mean, you, it, you're really it's getting more it for of a like mental, a thing. It's, a, it's more of a mental thing than actual sound for me, I think. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm going to go for the, I would choose the wah. Okay. It's sticking out of me. All right. So. I'm going tone bender, man. Okay. I think for me, I like the idea that, like, the wah changed an existing sound, but it still retained the existing sound, and the tone bender literally completely changed the sound. Oh, yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I, I think I would do that one. And it's a funky old pedal, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And expensive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Used uh used OG tone benders are a yeah. This was like down. a would you rather like get it somebody gave it to you? That'd be the option because I'd never buy. Oh buy no, anything. this was a this would be a <laughs> the magical uh, chest of of gear. Yeah, yeah fairy godmother has a gotcha, chest of gotcha. old pedals. Yeah, yeah. genie. Okay, right. A genie. Lottery. Uh, genie. I okay. like the genie. genie. Yeah, the guitar yeah. genie. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, hey Matt, this has been awesome. And we are super stoked that you were able to join us again. Make sure that everybody out there who's listening, visit the guitarknobs.com and go check out what, uh, what, what the new blog is with Matt's, um, four on the floor. And we will wrap with you guys later. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much. Oh yeah. And subscribe. Yeah. That wasn't a question. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit us at our website at theguitarknobs.com for episodes, news, and guest profiles. You can get all social with us on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs. Give us a tweet at guitar underscore knobs. And check out our gallery on Instagram at guitar knobs.